most appropriate for you as you are tuning in. Welcome to a brand new day, another episode about our children. And I'm so happy to have you here with me today, listening while you are doing whatever it is you are doing. I'm just so grateful for you taking time out today on this day, the day that the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it as is found in Psalm 118 verse 24. And what does it mean to rejoice? To experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, to exalt. And my acronym for rejoice is REACH EVERY DAY. For the joy offered in Christ to everyone. So I'm going to do another part to what do we do about our children? Because it is such a heavy topic and there is just so much to say. I probably could just go on for weeks. Not saying that I would do that, but it is a noteworthy topic and it deserves attention and it does get attention, but I am left wondering how effective a lot of things that are being done on behalf of our children, programs and things of this nature, how effective is it if we are looking at high suicide rates for children and, and young adults today, children as young as 10 up to ages 24, really, really sad and disturbing statistics. And uh, I just don't know. I just don't know what the answers are. I wish that I did. I really wish that I did, or I wish someone did, but we are really losing our children. We we're losing them in groves. We really are. And, um, one of the things that 
the scripture says in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, be careful. And some translations say, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything by prayer and supplication. So everything is inclusive of everything. So I think what it suggests is that we can pray about this situation. To make supplication is to make a request to ask. So we can pray and we can ask for what we need. And that's not just materialistic things. So I know me personally, I have been praying for children for years, not just my own, but children as a whole. Um, there was a time when I had a, a huge poster and I put it up in my closet and I wrote out the names of my children and family members, you know, their children and children at the church and neighborhood. And I used to keep that on the wall. I, I want to do it again. But then I had an idea one morning to start a prayer group and it was called, uh, war W with a period, a period and R like an acronym, but the acronym was war and it stood for, we are RISPUS. And I was reaching out and this was done under my ministry necessity for love. This was back in 2003 when I first formed the ministry after my licensing. Um, and it wasn't a preaching ministry. I was not interested in or trying to start a church or anything. I've, I've always worked along with other pastors and ministries, but uh, it was a ministry that fed and clothed individuals. And, you know, I went out and bought and collected school supplies to give to children. And I partnered with other ministries and organizations and, you know, the community and things like that. Uh, but prayer was a big part of my ministry. And, you know, I go out and do like gift bags for women for Mother's Day, you know, things that we would do at the church and things like that. I would, I had a little ministry that I call and my friend, um, she's an elderly lady and we became good friends when I, you know, moved to Virginia. Her name is Maddie. She helped me, the Lord sent her on my path, helped me get in my first apartment. And, uh, I did some things for her and, you know, we just became good friends, but, I used to take um, lunch and sometimes dinner to her, a few of her elderly neighbors in her building, and I prepare lunches to give out, but I called it Meals on Heels because I didn't have my car at the time, and she thought that was really funny. But So I've always been active in, in these areas, but I've always had a soft spot for children. And so I would get involved in youth ministries and events, you know, for children. But my main concern for them, even back then and before that, seeing the decline in huh, morals and 
just, I don't even know the word, just things declining and just seeing such a difference than what it was like when we were coming up or even when my older children were coming up. And so I was like, you know, to the women, like we really need to really start lifting our children up. We are losing our children. A lot of people are losing their children to drugs. And nowadays it's the opioid addiction, you know, prescription drugs and things like that. You know, children were getting hooked on illegal drugs. Uh, we, I had a lady in a church. She was a minister. Her daughter kept running away from home. And I mean, there was just all kinds of stuff going on around me. And so when I started that prayer ministry, I was asking people to join me in prayer. I think like at six o'clock in the morning. And if we couldn't do it collectively, like on the telephone or whatever, then please get up and pray, you know, during those hours. And some people said that they would or whatever. And so it was standing for, we are Rizpahs. And the story of Rizpah is sound, found in the Old Testament. And she was one of um, Saul's concubines and her sons were hanged. So she set out on a rock, fighting off, you know, wild animals and things like that to keep them from devouring the flesh of her sons, you know, after they had died. And I was reading that one day and I said, why wait until Satan comes and takes our sons, takes our daughters away from us? Let's get on the wall and watch over them now. And I think more than ever that is needed. And that is not to say that we can just pray and think that everything is going to be okay. That is all we have to do. No, pray, but then do the work. And what all it entails at this point, I do not know, but we have to start somewhere. And so the scripture says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So that's one avenue and it shouldn't be a last resort. We should always go to God for and about everything because he knows it anyway. And as one person put it, I don't know, I've read so many different books and quotes and things. Sometimes I can't keep it straight and remember if it was a sermon or a book, but I, I remember reading something that said, God will do nothing save a man praise. You pray, he works through you. Nine times out of 10, you end up being a part of the solution. And that's why I learned how to be very cautious about what I prayed for and prayed about, because now I understand after all of these years, how God will work in a situation. And it's like, okay, you're praying, you're lifting it up. You feel the burden. Okay. I'm going to use you to resolve this. So, you know, we can pray. But then there is more that needs to be done in the lives of our young people. Some of them may be reached just with a listening ear. 
some of them maybe a nice little gift, uh, a lunch date, uh, something, some, some type of time, something to know that you care. And it's not just the parents, but sometimes parents are so busy. Nobody's at home. Everybody's out working or building their brand or, or, you know, becoming the boss lady or the boss man or whatever, you know, you got to let your kids know that they matter and you cannot just throw money at them and feel, you know, there's a story that I know of personally, and I, I don't want to get too, too detailed or too personal. It is someone that, let's say I was related to, but not directly, um, some years ago. And I watched this young woman and we interacted you know, from time to time, our children played together. Our children, you know, were growing up to get, well, she had one, one child, one son. And I watched her climb the corporate ladder. I watched her be a social butterfly, always putting on trips and events and things like that. While we watched her son, her mother, others, and she took good care of him. She provided for him, made sure he had the best of everything, but he didn't get a lot of time. And as the years went on, I saw what I always knew would take place. And I'm not gonna say he had a very troubled life, but I just knew personally from being so close on the inside that there would always be a gap there because of the nurturing and stuff that he didn't receive. And I think about two or maybe going on two years now, he was killed. And this day, this mother is distraught. And all I could think about was those early years. And I know, and I was told because I haven't been around, you know, in years, I was told that she had spells of just crying and breaking down and stuff. And then sometimes, you know, guilt can kind of set in like, wow, I wish I had of, I would, you know, when he was younger coming up, if you're, if you're going to be real enough to actually face yourself with that. And I know that probably has to, eat at her. You know, his father was already away in jail most of his childhood. So it's a tough situation, but it happens and it happens more often than you think. I cared more about being a mother and raising my children than I cared about climbing the corporate ladder or having that bins and that lovely lavish home and traveling the world. I mean, I lived a decent life, but I struggled a lot. I struggled a lot raising my children in marriage and as a single mother. I know what the struggle is like and it is real and I am not saying that it is easy. It is difficult on both ends, but I wanted to be there for my children. I was not the parent to send my kids off and every year they're in camps. In fact, they, they never went to camp. 
not um, overnight. My daughter went once to um, the Nassau Space Academy, and that was my job at the computer clubhouse, sending a few children through the um, Library Foundation, and then there was another group that they were really good about funding and paying for you know, children to have experiences that we parents would not have been able to afford. And that was a blessing because it was something like $695 a week. It was crazy. And in my opinion, it was way overpriced for what the program offered, but it was a good experience. So we, you know, sent some children from the neighborhood and they got to enjoy it. But you could best believe I was checking in on my daughter all the time. And when we went to pick them up, we popped up early to pick them up to know what was going on, you know, but my children were not raised by relatives. I did not let them go and spend the night over people's houses. I raised mine. I brought them here. They're my responsibility. And we are the same way with our son, Christian. So all I'm saying is sometimes it's just the time. It is just being there for them and not not being there on your phone, not being there. I saw, my goodness, I saw an alarming video on YouTube where a child was abducted right in front of the father because he was so busy on his phone. And this was a little boy. He was about three years old, four years old. And he just let him go off the play a good little distance away from him too. And the entire time they had the clock on him and he did not look up one time. And the man came over he lured this child away in all of about 30 seconds with the promise of candy. And then when the father did look up, he just looked around, went back to his phone. And then he got up and he started calling for the little boy. But by that time, the guy had already taken him over to the van where his mother was. She set him up because she knew that he did not watch his son. How crazy is this world. I was just, I was mortified. I was sitting there like, you have got to be kidding me. But I knew that that wasn't far-fetched because I've been out places. We've been out places, my husband and I, with our son. We ended up watching other people's children. And I've been in instances where, you know, other parents were sitting around on their telephones or talking and the kids were just running and doing things. And I had to tell one lady, she was, you know, of another nationality, but her little baby about two, three was trying to run out of the play area where all of the children were playing. And I, I got up and I told her, I said, ma'am, isn't that your, your child, your son? I said, he's, he's trying to run. And she just looked up and she said, oh, okay. And she just went and got him brought him back over to where we were seated and went right back to doing what she was doing. And he tried to get away again. So, you know, people, we, we, you gotta watch your kids. It, this day and time, you have to watch over your children. I, I spend a lot of time in prayer. I don't know if you do it. I get those Amber alerts when a child has been abducted. And when I get them, I pray right away. And it, it just tears me up every time because look, look at what's going on. So that's why I'm doing this. I'm asking this question. What are we going to do about our children? What can we do? It's getting bad. It, I'm sorry. It's already bad, but it's, it's getting worse. And then just to share a few more of these statistics that I found, it says, 
males are more likely to commit suicide. It says 77.9%. That was one statistic. It said females tend to have more suicidal thoughts. I kind of wanted to throw a joke in there and say that's because of the males. But anyway, no. <laughs> uh, suicide among teens and young adults reached the highest level since 2000. And so now we're dealing with a high rate of suicide among teens and young adults. In 2017, 47% more suicides among people aged 15 through 19 than 2000. That is roughly 6,200 suicides between the ages of 15 and 24. The Wall Street Journal said that it had increased 56% within the last decade. Now, you don't have to understand every little bit of every statistic and every number, but you don't have to be a genius to understand that this is too much. Any number is too high, but come on, this is crazy. And something needs to be done about it. Somebody has to have some answers. What about the lawmakers? What about the politicians? What about the clergy? What about the fathers in the home? Because truth be told and believe it or not, we're not talking about the world or the world standards. We're talking about biblically. Fathers were given the charge and the command to raise their children. Fathers, bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath that they may not be discouraged. If you look throughout the scriptures, you'll see, especially in the Jewish community, um, they pretty much took their sons to work. They were trained up in the father's profession. That's why Jesus was a carpenter because Joseph was a carpenter by trade. And so Jesus was brought up knowing the family business and the trade. That's what they did with their children. They went to work and they took their sons. That, that, that's called apprenticeship. But they made sure that their sons knew the business. And that way, if they died, if something happened to them where they would not be able to continue on, then they could leave it in the family and their sons could take over. Whew, that's a lot right there. There's a lot I could say right there. Men, you need to be there for your children. Doesn't matter what's going on in the relationship between you and the mother, be it your wife, your baby mama, forget about all that drama. Your children, they spring forth from your loins. You created them. And you helped in the matter. You helped a great deal. You brought them here. And you are supposed to be responsible for them. And truth be told, a lot of what we are seeing, a lot of what is happening out here with our children and our young people really it, it results and stems from fatherlessness, fathers not being in the home, fathers not 
being present in the home, even sometimes being there. Do you bear all of the responsibility? Not all of it, but yes, most of it. God called and commissioned you to be the man. Men, you are called to be the priest of the household. You see how Satan came in and got it all out of order? It is mass confusion because we are not going the way that God designed. And therefore, there is chaos, confusion, all kinds of disorder, suicides running rampant among children and teens. Come on. The devil is having a field day and he knows that his time is short. So he's going to work even harder to get our children. Oh, he's after you too. Don't be deceived. He has all kinds of traps and settings for men and to keep men out the home. I'm not going to do that. Cry about the man, the white man, you know, our black men's or men are being in prison and things like that. Yes. I understand what the system is like. I understand how the system is designed and I understand it a little bit more than some people may, because I worked in the welfare system for about two years and I got to see the system firsthand and it is a divisive system and it is uh, structured to get the fathers out of the home because, Hey, we can only give you help and assistance if the father is not there. And then we need you. Now I actually used to have to put this paperwork in the system. So I'm not talking about what I don't know. That's probably another show, but you have to give us his social security number, his job information so that we can take the money that we're going to give to you out of his check. So I watched all of that and I didn't understand it at the time. A lot of young women, you know, the, the teens and the twenties and stuff, they would actually come in to do interviews with the caseworkers. And a lot of the caseworkers were my friends. They were my coworkers, but I would have to put their work on the system for them as a clerk typist too. That was my position. I'd have to enter all of those pages. And back then it was a long book that you had to fill out. I would have to enter all of their personal demographics and I would be sitting there cracking up. Like, what does she mean? She don't, she doesn't know who he is. Like when they would say the father's name address, these girls, I kid you not, they will put down it was a one night stand. I don't know him. And I was like, that is, that is absolutely insane. And then one of my friends said, no, Steffi, they do that because they're still with the man. They want the check. They want the assistance, but they don't want to give him up. So if they don't give us the information, then we can't go. And I said, oh, okay, gotcha. I understood it. And I understand why they do what they do. But in our society, it's like, hmm. Don't sell drugs, but we're only going to pay you $5.25, $6.50. We expect you to feed your family off of that while you're breaking your back. And oh, let me not, why am I even going here? But y'all, come on, y'all know it. Y'all notice the truth. We're going to make sure you can't make it on this wage, but then we're not going to give you help if you're trying to be together as a family. But if you do this on your own and become a statistic, a single mother, and it is not just black women, some of you need to get a hold of some of these surveys. It is the Caucasian, the Latino, other nationalities. I did the applications. I know what I'm talking about, but 
only if the father is not around. But fathers, you have to do better. If you care about your children, hey, if you don't care about them, just for the fact that you brought them here, you are responsible. Something should be pulling and tugging on your heart when you think about your children. They are dying out here. They are struggling. They are hurting and they need you. Wake up. Wake up, fathers. Wake up, leaders. Wake up, people. Wake up, mothers. And wake up, children. And realize that you do have other options. Suicide is never the answer. It is never the way. I don't care how bad it is. I've been through some bad times. I've been through some tough times. I have felt the loneliness and the rejection. And it does not feel good. Cry. Get it out. Do what you have to do, but please don't end your life. People, what are we going to do about our children? Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. I pray that you enjoy the rest of this weekend until we speak again. Oh,